the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome to the show. I am Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. I'm your host for the day. Rob Black will be back tomorrow. And he and I are going to actually be together, Burlingame, June 4th, 6.30 p.m. Got some beverages, got some food for you, and, and 10 key things you need to know about retirement. So make sure you check that out. You can sign up right now at chadburton.com. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the markets. Tuesday was a bit mixed. The Dow did kind of eke out another record closing high. Not expecting a whole heck of a lot besides the story stocks today because the April FOMC meeting minutes is going to be released at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So that's 11 o'clock our time. And, you know, then we'll get a lot of news out there in terms of the talks. Will the Fed raise rates in June versus September? I would love to see them slowly and very carefully and communicate increases in interest rates so we eventually get to an economy, to a stock market that runs on revenue and earnings growth versus quantitative easing and earnings growth and lackluster revenue growth. Now, there's good revenue growth in areas of healthcare and technology. Don't get me wrong. S&P 500 as a whole, right around 3% by the time this is all said and done. And what I mean by story stocks today, we've got uh, Staples, Lowe's, and Target that reported. Lowe's is getting whacked down about 4.2%. Target, it's been up anywhere from a half a percent to 1% after opening kind of negative, but uh, Staples is down 1.65%. We had uh, yesterday robust housing starts for April, but hmm, I don't know, nothing major in terms of economic news. Japan did squeak out an annualized 2.4% GDP gross domestic product growth rate for the first quarter, which was ahead of expectations. Is Japan growing? Is the big drop in currency valuation causing people to buy goods from Japan? Well, it kind of looks like it. So you got to realize, too, though, that there's a lot of currency issues going on right now. The dollar was advancing and just skyrocketing against the euro and the yen. It, it, it took a break. It pulled back quite a bit in the recent months. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of continues or moves sideways, but eventually I think the dollar is still stronger because of the quantitative easing. What that means is that in Europe right now, they're doing what the Federal Reserve has done over the last five years. 
and they're front-loading that now. And the announcement of that front-loading of quantitative easing, what's that mean? Well, they're going out buying all sorts of bonds and things like that, causing bond prices to go up and the yields to go down, causing people to want to go into more aggressive assets, whether that's stocks or whether that's invest in other businesses. And that's what's driven the market a lot here, and that's what is supposed to drive it in Europe and what um, you know quantitative easing that's going on in Japan as well. So you've got P.E. ratios that are more attractive in Japan and Europe. You've got the thought that quantitative easing will push those markets forward like it did in the U.S. It is a theory, though. It's not, it is coming to play. Some of the exporters are doing really well. It's starting to work out. So far, European markets, Japanese markets outperformed the U.S. so far this year by quite a bit. Any currency hedged versions of ETFs that invest in Europe and Japan have crushed it. They pulled back recently in the recent weeks as the dollar did pull back from its you know, year plus long advance here. Um, but realize that currency hedged ETFs are not long-term holds. you got to keep an eye on that and babysit those types of things. So let's see, yeah. Target, uh, beat expectations, Lowe's, Lowe's uh, Home Improvement Center missed estimates. Staples is kind of in line. But if you miss, if you have valuations right now, you see stocks trading at you know over 18 PE ratios, and they miss, boy, they get they get punished, and rightly so, they should. So, Target, they they topped first quarter earnings estimates after refining their product lineup. Um, their new CEO, Brian Cornell, which is a former Pepsi exec, he took the reins at Target last August. It's been sprucing up U.S. stores. They they just killed, they shut down Canada, just done. This is not working. We don't think we can execute. We're, we're just shutting them down. Um, and basically, uh, 2.3% comparable stores on the, the increases. Now, if you think about that, Lowe's came in at, at something like a, um, oh, I don't have the number right in front of me, but it was, I believe, over a 5% comparable, same store sale increases, where Target came at 2.3%. But the issue is, is that everybody thought Target was broken. So when you come up with increase in sales after this Canadian disaster, after their their breach that caused issues, after their dump a bunch of money and change their website that does not do well that Christmas. Um, it's really been kind of a turnaround story. Um, it's a stock that I've owned and got a nice return on. We'll say it's not as cheap as it used to be, and that's just for, for disclosure. So this way you don't just go buy stuff that you hear people talk about on radio, because I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to sell it. I'm not going to say, hey, guys, I'm selling Target today. You better get out, too. <laughs> not going to happen. It's not actually legal. So don't just go buy stocks you hear about on radio. That's just silly. Um, now, speaking of buybacks, because Target, they resumed stock buybacks last quarter for the first time since 2013. It repurchased 562 million shares. What's that do? It, do? it makes your earnings per share look better because there's less shares out there on the market. So the earnings that you have as a company is divided by less shares. So your earnings per share go up. Simple math, people. And... Um, the same day here, you know, I'm looking at this, you can actually see it. It's a Bloomberg article that's pulled to the front page of Yahoo Finance. And it's basically some talk from Goldman Sachs. They say the $1 trillion that U.S. companies are on track to return to shareholders this year will constitute the market's entire return in 2015. That's their comments. 
Dividends and buybacks, they say, will be responsible for supporting a market where the average stock price in the S&P 500 is trading 18 times earnings. Now, that's 18 times last, like the trailing 12 months earnings. It's more like, you know, under slightly under 17 for going forward or like right around there. Um, Factset, uh, if you go to factset.com or Factset Earnings Insights, you can Google it. They gave a great Friday update at the at the Friday of um, every earnings season, and you can clearly look at a chart and see, okay, well, the the market is definitely head price wise versus historical norms of its future, of its uh, P/E ratio on what's expected for the next 12 months. And the best thing that can happen, guys, to the market right now is just sideways for a while, and that's kind of what they're calling for. They said that since the S&P 500 trading 18 times, 18.2 times earnings, putting it in the 99th percentile of historical valuation, the firm said in a note to clients that uh, Goldman Sachs forecasts the S&P 500 will rise to 2150 by mid-year before fading to 2100 by the end of 2015. Boy, I hate making those types of calls because then you're just going to point to that and you're wrong. Not only will dividends supply all the market's upside, but companies that pay the most are poised to bounce back in 2015 second half. Stocks with the biggest payouts from utilities to real estate investment trusts have trailed the S&P 500 since January as higher bond yields lured investors kind of out of those stocks back into the bonds. So at the same time, they're calling for higher utilities and higher REITs. But if you look at the valuations there, those are some utilities trading at the P ratios that they are. I'm not sure I'd get that part of their letter to clients. But uh, be selective. Realize that let's just move sideways or... Have a bit of a correction once in a while is okay. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. I'm your host today, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. Manage money and do financial planning. Or actually, my team of Certified Financial Planner Practitioners do. Want to find out more about me and our wealth management firm, go to newfocusfinancial.com or chadburton.com. And Rob Black, the your typical morning show host, he's going to be with me on June 4th in Burlingame. It's an event called the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. If you're 10 years from retirement, you think you are, you think you can afford to retire in about 10 years or less, and you're trying to figure out what to do with your portfolio, what rules of Social Security, where do you draw from first, when do you, when do you tap your IRA versus not, key things like that. That's what we're talking about. It's June 4th. Sign up, chadburton.com, right now. And, um, you know, in some events, some sometimes in some financial planning situations, people are really really desire as part of their top three planning goals is to leave a legacy or to fund a church or their favorite charity. Or sometimes people just, you know, I I know I want to give back. I know I want to do something, but I haven't really had time to 
to check out the charity. When this typically happens, it's usually kind of a liquidation event or something where there's a big increase in stocks value that you have and you need a deduction for the year and you know you want to give some money away, but you haven't had a time to check out a charity. I mean, there's so many charities out there that look good in terms of what they fund, but then you look at how the money flows through that organization and maybe 30 cents on the dollar goes to the actual, you know, cause that you're trying to support. So a couple of ways to fund charities later that I'll talk about, that if if that's part of your financial planning goal. One of them, one of the best ways to fund a church, charity, nonprofit after you pass away is to actually carve out a portion of your IRA. And the reason why is because an IRA, once you pull the money out, or if your heirs pull it out eventually over their lifetimes, somebody's paying the taxes. But a nonprofit organization will not. So if you have a large IRA and you want to leave 50 grand to some nonprofit, then you carve it out in a separate IRA account and name the beneficiary directly as a nonprofit. And that way you know that nobody will ever pay taxes on that money. So that's one good way to do it. Another way is if you need an immediate tax deduction but you don't know where you want to give, you can look at things called donor-advised funds. This is where you can transfer stock over, for example, or make a contribution. So you can actually transfer stock over in kind into the fund, get a tax deduction. It can get sold and reinvested in a, in a more in a in a more diversified portfolio without a tax bill because you got the tax deduction. And then at some point later in life, maybe you you fund this thing over several years until you actually have a significant gift to give, and you dole it out to several places or to one place at one time. That's something that you can think about as well. Other more advanced planning techniques, and this is a great one for people that, you know, they've they've gone through their life accumulating stock, and a lot of times it's, maybe it's, uh, you know, a lot of low basis stock in Apple or Cisco, somewhere you've worked for a long period of time, and you have a couple of goals. You have your immediate goals are get diversified, not pay a ton of taxes, have income, and eventually fund your charity. Um, so one of these that recently worked on, and I, this is my favorite type of planning to do, is I had these people come to me and they said, okay, you know, I, I want to leave, eventually leave about $250,000 to my favorite charity. And they're 70 years old, and they have a ton of stock in a tech company that they were involved in early on. And it's it's a huge portion of their net worth, and they've been we've been whittling it away over time. But we kind of want to do more. It's getting expensive, so we want to do more. But we don't pay a lot of tax bill. And we have these charity goals. So if that's one of the goals, one of the legacy goals, you say, okay, I'm 70. I want to leave when I die, 250,000. Now, if you're going to live till 95, you got to assume inflation is involved, right? So at 95, you would have to leave 523,000 dollars to equal 250 in today's money because of inflation. So that's one thing to note. So what I did is I created this plan where you can say, okay, if I, if I created a charitable remainder unit trust where I put some stock into it, I get a big tax deduction for the client, I get income for life at about 6% of the amount that you gift into the trust, how much do I need to put in to get to take 6% out each year to live off of but eventually leave that goal of 523000 So in this case, 
we were able to put they were you know they these are, this is a technique for wealthier people that have charitable intent. So they were able to put six hundred thousand dollars of low basis stock. Now this would have cost them almost three hundred thousand dollars to sell it outright and pay the taxes at their bracket. So they put six hundred thousand in a charitable remainder unit trust. They get once the stock is in there, you can turn around and sell it without a current tax bill and put, create a diversified portfolio, just a balanced portfolio, and then take six percent per year for as long as you or your spouse lives, depending on the investments. So annual income thirty six grand. Approximate tax deduction in their case and their age was $217,000, which allowed them to offset even more taxes on the sale of additional stock. So this whole strategy actually allowed them to reduce exposure on a low-cost basis stock by almost $1.4 million without a big tax bill. It, it reduced their estate tax that they're going to pay when they pass away by $450,000. And it achieved their charitable goals. The only person that was cut out of the deal was Uncle Sam. Now you could say, well, that's four hundred fifty thousand, or actually five hundred twenty-three thousand, that's going to go to the charity instead of the kids. And as a couple, you could look at that and say, who cares? The kids are getting enough. Or you could say, hmm, good point. What do we do to replenish that to the kids? Well, either the kids or the tr charity, or I'm sorry, either the kids or a different trust can own a life insurance policy to replace that, and you you just use a portion of that annual income that you're getting to pay for that insurance, and it's actually a really really good deal. Then that way, you wipe out the $450,000 state tax on that money. Your kids get tax-free income from the insurance, you get income for life, and the charity gets funded, and everybody wins. There's some really great options out there if you have. Charitable intent. You desire income. You desire diversification. Uh, you desire leaving a legacy. There's some really great options out there that are perfectly legal, and all they do is reduce current taxes or eventual taxes and, and help you fund your charity. So when the market's doing well, charities tend to do well. If you want to get your calls in the air, if you have a money question, it's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Coming back after the break, there's a a some legislation in, in both houses of Congress about how 401k balances are going to be reported to you. Is it good or bad? Is it good or bad? So we'll talk about that and some of the other changes in 401ks that are coming up, as well as some college issues. Colleges that good, bad. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Back in the show, I'm your host today, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. If you want to get your calls on the air, if you have a money question, taxes, insurance, retirement plan, estate planning, investing, comment on business or the economy, love to hear from you, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. You can find out about me and my company of other Certified Financial Planner practitioners, financial and estate planning, wealth management. 
retirement plan and all sorts of good stuff, chadburton.com. You can sign up for the event that Rob Black and I are doing June 4th, Burlingame, 6.30 p.m. That's Thursday, June 4th, and uh, it's all about the 10 pillars of retirement income planning. 10 key things you need to know about as you transition to retirement or if you're in retirement. 10 of the most important things that I believe you need to know, have an understanding of, have detailed planning for for, for retirement. So check it out, chadburton.com to sign up. Now, if you took all your retirement savings and bought an annuity, first of all, you'd be silly. But second of all, what would your monthly retirement paycheck look like? Now, this is this is interesting because there's two ways to play this. Legislation introduced this week in both houses of Congress are basically trying to take your balance of your retirement plans at work and report to you what that would equal on a monthly basis in retirement. Now, industry groups are plotting the introduction of what's called the lifetime income disclosure. And according to Kathy Weatherford, president and CEO of the Insured Retirement Institute, American workers today are faced with an increasing difficult task of making a lifetime of savings last throughout their retirement years. Now she's right. It's more expensive now to retire. It's about 20 to 25% more expensive now to retire than it was in 2007 before the financial crisis when interest rates were normal. Retirees have seen their income on their bonds reduced by two-thirds. CDs are dead. In, you know, Return on your safe money, yeah, go to bankrate.com, find FDIC insured money market accounts. You can get like 07 to 0.9%. That's about it. So it's more expensive to retire because half of your portfolio that's in those assets are not paying you hardly anything. And we have a huge problem, and that's that people are just not prepared for retirement. There's a wider gap between the haves and the have-nots because of lack of wage inflation. A lot of that I blame on fiscal policies. Our tax code for corporations is ridiculous. That's why there's so many, so much money overseas rather than working for us here in the U.S. But what is this going to do for people? My fear is that if people look at their 401k and it's reported to them in terms of what they can get in an annuity for the rest of their lives, they're going to be like, oh, I'm ready to retire. I'm ready to retire. I'm getting, you know, my paycheck is six grand a month. And this is telling me that I can get six grand a month from my 401k if I turn it into an annuity. Number one is I bet some of the people that are backing this have to do with people wanting to buy annuities, which if you buy a lifetime annuity right now, you are ridiculously informed in terms of, that's not even the right term, I I almost said something else, (laughs) so I had to change what I was going to say. It is a horrible idea to buy a lifetime annuity when interest rates are at all-time lows. It's it's very, very bad idea, but some people will actually, I think, be look at that and say, okay, yeah, I'll buy that annuity. I'll get six grand a month for the rest of my life. Not realizing the effects of inflation. If you're 65 now and you need six grand a month to live, in 20 years, by the time you're 85, you're going to need 12 grand a month to live to buy the same gallon of milk, toilet paper, cable, whatever. Well, cable bill might be gone or go down because of changes in how we watch TV. So that's a bad example, but you get what I'm saying. I was hearing about David Letterman being his last night on the air and you know, he started 33 years ago, and somebody was talking about, you know, what gasoline costs and what the average price of a home was 100,000 back then. Gallon of milk, a buck 72, and just kind of related his career to inflation. 
Well, nothing in this bill, I think, protects people from making a stupid mistake. Some of the things that's going on in 401ks lately, like people can purchase a longevity annuity. Have you heard of these now? A longevity annuity is where you give a lump sum to an insurance company, and what that insurance company says is that, okay, if you live to age 85, we'll pay you X number of dollars for as long as you live. I am not comfortable with those in any way, shape, or form. Because if you're 65, you're going to give the insurance company money for 20 years? What if they have issues? You're going to give up all of the current income, the flexibility of accessing the account, all of the unknowns of how long you're going to live just to get income at 85? There's other ways to do it. Steer clear of annuities that are sold by people earning a commission. Now, there are some good no-load annuities out there where you can take bond money, invest half of it in uh, the stock market, half in bonds, and if the account ever goes to zero, the company will continue to pay you 4 or 5%, depending on how old you are when you start. But you can always get your money out without penalties if bonds ever become more attractive again. So 99% of annuities are horrible. There's the one percenters out there that are there. There's some deceptions for specific scenarios. Decent options for specific scenarios. For example, and, and things change. If you would have heard me on radio with Rob 15 years ago, it would have been a different story. I mean, almost all annuities were just terrible. There's very, There wasn't really any no-load annuities that offered these lifetime guarantees. And the guarantees are only as good as the insurance company that's backing them, so you have to realize that. The other thing that's changed, too, is long-term care insurance. Long-term care insurance has gotten more expensive. Meanwhile, these hybrid policies, hybrid life insurance policies, have gotten a bit more attractive. So, for example... Let's say you're 60, 65 years old, and you've got a life insurance policy that you bought way back when, and it has a pretty good, decent amount of cash value. Maybe it's a you know $200,000 policy with over 100,000 in cash value because you bought one of the good ones that used to be around back in the 80s or even earlier. But you're like, I, you know, I don't really need the death benefit. I'm retired. My kids are going to get plenty. I really don't want to buy long-term care insurance. This, what's this insurance going to do? Well, you can 1035 exchange it into one of these hybrid life insurance policies. You, you should be able to get more death benefit if you have a decent health and then be able to access that death benefit while you're alive if you go into a nursing home. And those policies used to be garbage, and now they're actually more attractive. I'm starting to look at these things and, hmm, some good ideas for people that have life insurance policies that they may not want. So things change. You've got to be flexible. You've got to be aware. You've got to study. You've got to figure out what's going on out there. In fact, I was just talking to somebody that they thought they had a good retirement plan in place, but their plan was to basically dwindle down all their cash and their taxable accounts. Instead, we recreated the plan. And then by 70 and a half, when they were forced to pull money out of their IRAs and 401ks because the required minimum distributions for tax bracket blew up. They had no liquidity, no flexibility. They were going to get to age 80 with nothing but IRAs left. And if they had to do a house remodel for $25,000, it would have cost them fifty grand withdrawal to pay taxes and then get that money, enough money to do the house remodel because of inflation, because of poor tax planning. So instead, we um, are doing some partial Roth conversions for the five, first five years of retirement. Um, so that there's a lot of taxes, and that strategy could change. If, if we get a, you know, president in there in a couple years and they're able to pass some sort of a flat tax system that strategy might change a bit so you have to be flexible a plan is not just done and 
done once and then, okay, you're off and running. It has to be reviewed. A financial plan, especially in retirement, is very important for more monitoring because in your financial plan, you should use conservative growth rates of 6% or less on investments, have three years' worth of portfolio draws in cash, assume your normal expenses will grow at at least 3%, assume your health care costs will grow at at least 5 to 6%. In that scenario, do you have enough money to last till age 100? But if you if the answer is yes and things look good, you don't just go along with that plan forever. You're not going to just draw 3% more out each year t- for inflation. That's not how it works. It's not just linear graphs. It's not just graphs that go straight up at a perfect angle. In three years, you'll be like, ah, my current automatic withdrawals from my portfolio, eh, getting a little tight. I need to draw more. Can I draw more? Well, have your returns meter exceeded the 6% that you projected? Uh, what have your expenses look like? What's your overall net worth? What's your rental property look like? Is your pension still paying you? You have several different things that you got to look at. And what's the tax code doing versus what it did in your original financial plan? Tax structure right now for... In terms of income taxes, especially for retirees, luckily is the lowest that I've ever seen it. A lot of people don't realize, for example, there's a 0 and a 10% capital gains tax bracket for lower incomes. So that offsets a little bit of the very low interest rates that we're getting on stocks and bonds, but things will change. So your, your plan has to be reviewed at least annually. If you want to get your calls in the air, if you have a money question, it's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. If you're too shy to call in, you can email me, chad at chadburton.com. It's chad at chadburton.com. It's three little ones. You know, I'm thinking about college quite a bit, of course. It's always been an issue. So, you know, as they've grown and I've saved, and now I've got a 15-year-old that's a foot taller than I am. So we've got college just in a couple of years away. Now, luckily, he's really interested in in my business. He's really into DECA and business and marketing and things like that. So it's it's the, some of these other careers that you worry about that, you know, it's affecting retirees. They, they invest a bunch of money in their kids' college, and the kids are still sitting on their couch at home affecting their retirement. Talk about that after the break, 800-516-1220. Welcome to the show. I'm your host for the day, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Find out more about my company, my team, NewFocusFinancial.com. I want to sign up for the event that Rob Black and I are doing on June 4th in Burlingame. It's Thursday, June 4th. It's 10 Pillars Retirement Income Planning. If you're worried about retirement, what to do with bonds, what accounts to draw from first, things like that. That's the event to go to. So June 4th, ChadBurton.com. And let's go to the phones. We've got, uh, I think it was Phil from Lafayette, right? Phil, how are you? Yeah. Uh, hi, uh, hi, Chad. 
Hey, uh, I'm almost 67, and I suspended mm-hmm. my Social Security benefits. But what I was wondering is, when I take it at 70, is that a will that have been a flat 8% a year every year based upon my full retirement age, or is it a compounding sort of benefit? Okay, so what you're getting at is, so in everybody, just so you know, what Phil did is he realized that, okay, putting off Social Security will equal about an 8% rate of return on that money. Now, the way that that's calculated, Phil, so you filed and suspended, and you're going to take it at 70. So you're filing, but you're telling them, I don't want it right now. Wait until pay me till 70 because I want the higher payout at age 70. Right. Now, and what suspending does is it either opens it up for spousal benefits for your wife, or you can go back and change your mind later, get a lump sum and say, never mind, I have a health issue, I want to pretend I took it earlier, give me a lump sum and start my payments up. What it equates to is on average, when you when you hear that term, it's an 8% rate of return on your money. If you have a lump sum of money um, that creates that monthly income for as long as you're going to live, and let's say until it's age normal retirement age, which is about age 85, 86, between your full retirement age, which is 65 or 66, to age 70, that lump sum will have grown at about 8% in order to kick off that higher payment for as long as you live. So it's not a perfect 8% compound return because there's really no lump sum you can get out of Social Security. But that's what, when you do the math, when you do, um, you know, kind of the present value calculations and internal rate of return, that's what it equates to. If you did have a lump sum of money that was able to be annuitized and kick off that money at different ages, by waiting till age 70, it's about an 8% rate of return on that lump sum. Each compounding is the, is the main thing in terms of... Yeah. Okay, all right, that's, that's, that's good news because it, it is... And again, yeah, and it, it assumes you... Li- yeah, it, it's it's huge, especially right now. The reason why media has finally caught on to this and why it's one of the most written about subjects lately is because people are looking for, you know, in the past they could get 6 or 7% off their bonds, 4 or 5% off their CDs. So it's more important than ever to plan for it. Now, some people can't do it. I mean, if a person is retiring, they have very little cash and everything's stocked away in IRAs, it's a tax issue, right, because they're having to replace their Social Security income for those four or five years with taxable income. But if you get to retirement and you have cash, you have Roth IRAs, you have IRAs, then you can blend stuff and make it work. A person that is thinking about this, and Phil, thanks for the call, if you're thinking about finally suspending and taking your Social Security at age 70, you got to plan for this in advance because you always want in your retirement plan three years worth of portfolio draws in cash. But if you're putting off Social Security till 70 and you're waiting till 65, you've got to have extra cash to live off of while you're letting Social Security grow at that kind of basic 8% rate. So it, it takes some careful planning, but again, if you, know, you or your spouse is going to live till age 90, 95, and what happens when you have a couple, when one person dies, the small check goes away, the bigger check remains with the survivor. So it's really important for that bigger check to be maximized, no matter what the health is of that person that has the bigger check. Because it's years and years of, of increased benefits, too. Social Security, you should assume, is going to go up 1% or 2% a year. And so there's that years and years of compound, or not compound, but increases in your benefits. Cost of living increases. So um, it, it's really important to do some careful planning. Speaking of careful planning, 
be careful before you start investing in your kids' college because we're kind of in this world of entitlement these days where parents feel like they have to pay for 100% of the kids' education where I believe in a kind of a blended approach. And I, I see studies where when kids are responsible for pain, especially the, the end of the career or secondary education, they tend to do better in terms of grades because it's their own money. Here's some of the – there's a – on uh, you can just Google it. The 30 worst paying college majors in 2015, and I'll, I'll go over a couple with you. Exercise science, here's one that's pretty common lately. Starting salary, 34 grand. Mid-career, 53 grand. Culinary and culinary management, that's one that's kind of a fallback degree that some people get. Starting salary, $34,000. Human service, oh, here's one, broadcast communications, perk up radio people. Starting salary, 33600 mid-career salary, 61600 Music teacher, this is, unfortunately, look at all this stuff. Music teacher is number seven. Five childhood elementary education is number five. Mid-career salary at forty grand. Our teachers are not getting paid enough. That's ridiculous. Teachers are not getting paid enough. The worst one is early childhood education. Starting salary twenty-nine thousand seven hundred. Mid-career salary thirty-eight. Be careful in terms of know more about what your kids are going after in terms of a degree before you agree to pay. And sometimes, like uh, personal trainer. People, your kid might love working out, so they want to become a personal trainer. You don't necessarily have to blend your hobbies with your work. Sometimes it doesn't pay. So be careful, because it affects your retirement. It affects them being on your couch when you're about to retire. Thanks for listening. Please tell a friend about the show. You can download the podcast at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Don't forget to sign up for the 10 Pillars Retirement Event on June 4th. Have a great day. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.